The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. Hey, I am your host, and I want to wish you a very happy new year and let you know that we are now waking up in America for the 26th year, and I'm very, very proud of that. And over the years, some amazing people have um, come through the doors of this radio station and this radio show and shared their points of view with you and their their wisdom and their intelligence and their... (laughs) Sometimes we even share the things that don't work just so that we can prove that we are part of the human race. So I'm welcoming the human race and any aliens who might be listening from the galaxy to join us this morning. And if, I don't know, uh, one of the, the guys I know actually spends a lot of time underground. He'll go underground for 30 days at a time. He's a oil guy. And they go down into underground caverns and stuff and examine shale, so... To my underground friend and to all of you here on planet Earth and elsewhere, here we are. We're doing our 26th year, and we're letting everybody know. You can tell here, and I'm really lucky this morning to have Randy Shannon with us to uh, continue some of our conversations. C.W. Wright is actually out picking up an airplane, and uh, depending upon what zone he's in, um, he's actually going to be transporting a plane this morning. He will he will pop in if he can, and we'll certainly welcome him. As Randy and I were talking before the show, it's a new year and it's a new start. And when you hear what Randy's been up to, she's awesome. <laughs> I'm awesome. Well, thank you. I'm awesome in my own way, but I frankly I was just deeply impressed with what you did up to this morning. I'd actually been looking, Randy, at. What it is, people tend to the first part of the year to be all energized, okay? And and, and you, you're, I've noticed you just energized all year long and you're always trying to do something good for yourself. I'm probably more up and down than you are, and definitely I'm not. She's an iron woman in training, if you don't know what that means. <laughs> These guys take on three sports. I haven't, We haven't gone into the full details of what this woman is up to yet, but we will during the show. And then if you notice... After a month or two or something like that, you tend, your, the intensity of your participation starts to diminish sometimes. And I started to look at that, and I was thinking about that. It's hard when you were a therapist for 30 years not to look at those kinds of things because once a year, every year is a fresh start. But, hey, you know what? So is every moment, wouldn't you say, Randy? I certainly would. <laughs> so, you got <laughs> Happy a New Year start. to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. So if you if you mess things up the first week, guess what? You can have a fresh start the next moment. Uh, what stops people from fresh starts? What do you think, Randy? What? Uh, what uh, all kinds from... of things in life that get thrown at you. Yeah. It, it's a never-ending stream. You just it's just how are you going to respond to them? You know, some people will 
you know, everybody's personality is different. Some will, you know, wallow in it, and some will just, I don't know, it's kind of like a thunk on the head, and then they just bounce back. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of like, it. I can't remember the name of the movie, but where the guy, the character always would, it was a dog, and he would say squirrel every time he would get distracted. You say what? Squirrel? He, squirrel, yeah. And, and like, <laughs> it, he, in other words, he was just that quick to be distracted by anything. And um, I kind of just try to be like that when it comes to how I respond when the bad things happen. You know, I'm just like, squirrel, I'll go back over to something else. <laughs> you know, I, I I just can't wallow in it. I can't, I can't sit in it. It's just kind of, I mean, some people have to think about that. But for, for me personally, I just try to move on quickly. I don't even think about it. It just happens. Well, what were your parents like? Um, were you in an anomaly they, or, you know, how did that work? You know, it's funny because each of us siblings are pretty different. Um, I'm more of the free liver. <laughs> my, my sister is extremely regimented and organized, uh, almost control freakish, and I say that in a loving manner because she keeps our whole family on track. We'll just say <laughs> that she manages things rather than she controls them. Yeah. Um, although my brother would say she's a control freak. <laughs> well, the guys usually say that because women tend to have more sense sometimes. Right. And then my brother, he, um, you know, everybody is extremely smart. Uh, everybody went on to get their degrees, and my sister even went on further than that, and my brother went into a specialized field. I'm the only one who didn't finish school, <laughs> but I'm the one who lives, like, this crazy life. And um, I don't know. Cra- so, stop, stop, stop. When you say crazy life, I actually think it's a good life, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not demeaning it in any way. Well, I just wanted you to give us more detail to crazy because um, I think there's, you know, way more to you than the crazy conversation. It sounds <laughs> to me like you're the one that's willing to take risks. I am the risk taker, for sure. So that uh, would make pe- some people call you crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's okay. I I just, again, bounce off from that, too. But I do take the risks. I'm the one willing to travel across the country and back um, and... Um, you know, I have the various different ventures because I just get these ideas that pop into my head, and so I'll take it and just develop it to the max degree. And quite frankly, I get bored with my own stuff sometimes. You know, before <laughs> a project is actually done, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, can someone take this over for me? So, um, but they're all fun. Everything that I have uh, attached myself to has been fun and interesting. And it's taken me down roads that are the very less traveled, for sure. You know, that that's really interesting. And before we get too much further into this, I just really want to, I feel a lot of gratitude. And if you've been on the air and you've managed to stay there for 26 years, you didn't do it by yourself. So, But before we continue, I really want to thank Emergency Management Solutions, also known as EMS Global One, Sir Jason Winter T, Tad Patterson Protandon, and... Hey, Jim, over at um, El Pinto Salsa, which you can find in your Ralph stores, thanks a lot for being my friends, guys, and to Randy Shannon and to Lisa Molson and Maureen O'Crean and just the whole team of amazing, fabulous people because what happens when you hang out with a bunch of a variety of people, and it would be actually, it sounds like Randy's family fits that bill, what happens <laughs> is, you get a chance to see that not everybody does everything the same way, and you get to learn from it. And you also, 
if you take the time. Usually when we stop doing something or we our energy ebbs away from it, it's simply because we probably fall into some kind of regret or maybe we get sick and lose our momentum or something like that. And we can keep rechoosing that. And the particular sponsors that we picked for this program, actually CW, who's out delivering the plane today, he's Emergency Management Solutions. And he actually flies to different parts of the world with um, aid that he he takes over in planes. He's a company is a 501c3 and they're committed to emergency solutions here on planet earth and i i just am very privileged to be hanging out with this guy and he and i have very different points of view on some things and it just makes us both wiser and we did have i think about a year ago randy we did have a blowout on the radio i can't even remember what it was but afterwards (laughs) he says to me and he goes so did you get it out of your system and i said i was wondering the same about you and then we both started to laugh (laughs) (laughs) i I don't remember what it is but see if we had not said that little funny thing to each other we actually would have been experiencing regret Mm -hmm. okay and i want to say that i really think that some people call it guilt but or some people call it conscience a lot of those things are all collapsed okay and whether it's guilt or conscience or you know uh, um the mother that didn't kiss her son goodbye and then he dies in a motorcycle accident that day mm-hmm. that kind of thing that yeah. kind of stuff can hang on for years and usually there's some kind of uh, i guess it's survivor's guilt or something of that nature that hangs along with it i actually um Actually, I invite you to visit my website, drvalerie.com. It's not a hard sell over there. I just happened to invent a therapeutic clearing process. And tr- truthfully, Randy, I didn't know what I was going. I didn't know that I was going to say what I just said. But I'm remembering a woman who was really incapacitated because her son had died on a motorcycle accident when he was like 20 or something like that, and she couldn't go to the cemetery even. And this was going on for 20 years. And we did um, a clearing session on her so that she was able to to move that feeling into appreciation that he had been here and that she had been his mom and all that stuff, which is, by the way, the natural extension if you're not stuck somewhere. Mm. We're here for as long as we're here. Uh, somebody said, Randy, uh, that the most important thing, like if you were born in 1933 and then you died um, New Year's Day, I'm not sure if that was Patty, Patty Page's birthdays or not, but that it wasn't it wasn't the years that you were here. It was what you did with the dash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just really like that. Do you know Patty Page died? Uh, is that recent? <clears throat> yeah, like New Year's Day. Wow. No, well, I didn't she's, know. She's in her 80s, and <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to torture our radio audience, but... I was, how much is that doggy in the window, the one with the waggly tail? One of the biggest hits of all time, and it belonged to Patty Page. Wow. So one of the things that I like to do, because I'm always looking to see how to improve the dash, is I'll read obituaries of people that I liked, and I'll find out all this interesting stuff they did. And she won a lot of records, school records and stuff. She was a country western singer. And um, she also did the Tennessee Waltz, which you might remember, and a few others. Are, these standards are still played. I believe Doggy in the Window is one of the biggest sellers of all time. So here was the thing about, somebody said this to Patty Page, and I thought it was so cool, Randy. <clears throat> what they said to her was, 
she had a resurgence in the 1980s where she got another song or two back on the hit parade. Okay. And somebody told her that they were really glad (laughs) that um, she'd had a comeback, that she'd come back, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's what she said to him that I thought was neat. She said actually she'd been there all the time, but they had just noticed her again. Mm. She like all those years that she wasn't famous, she was still singing. Right. She didn't go wow. away. What happened was she had about 12 hits in the 50s, and then she wasn't in style for whatever reason. And her voice was, I'm sure, got getting better and better all the time because that's if you take care of yourself, that's what happens. But she'd been there doing what she'd been doing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I think that's true of us. I mean, at at some moment, some something happens that celebrates all the work you put into something, and then it can be gone in a moment again, too. Right. How do we handle that? And you and I were talking about the regrets beforehand, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I decided that I know why the Catholic Church works. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's not my choice. Okay, confession, mm-hmm. because people go in there and they confess and they light a candle and they're done. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do that. I don't go to Catholic church. My dad was in the Catholic church. I went to Catholic church like maybe twice. Um, we ended up in the Episcopal church. Which I loved, by the way, the because I loved it because the pastors or the fathers could get married and they were cool and the churches were very beautiful, for the most part. And I right. also loved Science of Mind Church, you know. With I still remember her name, the Reverend Pearl Lady Moore. <laughs> I was like nine years old and in love with this this positive thinking woman. Mm. Um, see, that's what I wanted to maintain was that positive thinking, but gosh darn it, the darn regrets would get in the way. So I'm going to confess a couple of my regrets to you, okay? Okay. okay. And hopefully my soul will be free to stay on the path of my own progression with less weight because regrets weigh something. That's they, right. They, well, let's they, get them they, out. Yeah, they make you shorter <laughs> <laughs> and they make you drag your feet a little bit more. So who wants to go first? You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, let's hear yours. Okay, so I was a pretty good tennis player. Okay. In fact, I was I was really cute in in high in um, junior high school. <laughs> I used to interview my teachers. I have no regret about this. It was the precursor to being on the radio, and I would. This is something I don't regret. This is something that continues to give me satisfaction to this day. I would take my. I I would I picked the teachers that I liked the best. I remember Mrs. Knowles, who was home economics and science. I remember Sheila Allenbaugh, who looked like Sheba of the Jungle, really an incredible algebra teacher. Wow. Um, and Barbara Vickers, the gym teacher. And there's another one who I don't remember. And mind you, in these days, a quarter bought you a heck of a Coke. We had a soda fountain down by... Um, by the school within a block of Lincoln Junior High School in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And I would invite them over for Cokes. <laughs> Any kind <laughs> they wanted. They could have cherry with lemon. They could have anything. They'd mix the Coke for you. And the most famous Coke of all was their suicide Coke, which had chocolate, cherry, everything in it. It had everything in it. That's why it was called a suicide Coke. Mm. And they would come. Not only would they come, we would drink Cokes and we would discuss 
the values of our lives, right? Okay. <laughs> so that is a thing I could very easily not have done for fear that somebody would say no to me. Actually, nobody said no to me that I invited. So that memory of me having those conversations with those different teachers and their generosity in coming, and this whole Coke thing is just too cute for words as far as I'm concerned. Okay, now here comes regret. Same high school, same situation, I'm a tennis player. I'm a darn good tennis player. And they have this thing called the junior ladder and the senior ladder. Okay? So when you get to the top of the junior ladder, you have to play the bottom of the senior ladder to get on the senior tennis team. (laughs) Well, the other person of the senior tennis team did not want me to get on it because they they were were junior high school kids. They were just punks, right? Mm-hmm. This particular action was a punk action. So down at Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Park in Santa Monica, I went with my. I was really excited because I was a good player. I went down there with my tennis racket, and my tennis balls, and she came down. I don't remember her name, but she came down with some of her friends, and they decided she decided she was going to like kill me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what she did was she fired all these body shots at me. So we weren't playing tennis. She was right. playing Hit Valerie, okay? Wow. Here's my regret. I never asked for help. I never mm-hmm. went on to the senior tennis club, which I was totally capable of doing, and she would have gotten really in trouble, okay, mm-hmm. for what she was doing. And she even brought witnesses to ridicule me and stuff like that. I mean, it was it was an experience that I didn't think I deserved. The point is, it ended there until today. Today... I am telling you that I had a community of people that would have done justice for me around that incident. And instead, years later, when Maggie Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's wife, asked me to play tennis, all Mm -hmm. I could think of was my humiliation on that court, and I didn't play tennis with Maggie Eastwood. Oh, no. Yeah. Is that his current wife or the previous? No, that was the wife of his children, his first wife. And she was, okay. I was doing some consulting work, and she was there, and we liked each other. And she said, oh, I need tennis partners when um, oh, I'm no. in the area. Will you come and be my tennis partner or one of my tennis partners? Actually, she, I understand she played quite a bit of tennis. So I'm sure she had many of them. Mm-hmm. The point is, because I left that regret, because I left that situation, because I didn't evolve it, Mm-hmm. I never allowed myself to be what I was well capable of being, a really excellent tennis player, and I lost out on it because my hesitation with Maggie Eastwood, I didn't go, I could have played tennis fine with Maggie Eastwood, not maybe as good as she played, but she played like five times a week. Wow. And I wasn't. But the point is, I would have been fine there. So that thing that I never handled or never evolved or never did anything with, has now opened up the space that I still have Maggie Eastwood's telephone number, and I'm going to call her. And this is 20 years ago. I will call her and say, hey, you still looking? I totally am. I'm going to say, look, you and I, uh, I'm going to tell her the story. She's very nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, you know, whether we play tennis or not, I would love to be on some kind of humanitarian project with you. Mm-hmm. And um, are, are you available? She may or may not be. The point is, I won't regret that really either because it was just the way it was, you know? Yeah. People ask wow. me, they ask me, Randy, they, <laughs> I always tease and I tell everybody I'm, a, I'm actually, I have Gemini rising, okay? And I also mm-hmm. had 
um, this is something I don't regret either. My nose on my face didn't match. Like I had two different noses. I had one nose and another nose, and they were like two different people. So when I was 20, I had my nose operated on so that it looked like one person. Mm-hmm. I still have a slightly different smile, like one half of my face has a different smile than the other half of my face. But that doesn't show too much if I adjust my lipstick, you know? <laughs> right. The deal is, I really do feel like I there's two people there. So one of them's a Buddhist and the other's a Christian. <laughs> mm, interesting. Because I can be totally Buddhist, okay? And you can hear it. In a way, you just heard it. You know, like, mm-hmm. whatever it was is just whatever it was. That's the Buddhist part of me. Right. It's handy. It's handy. And I pick being a Christian. Okay? Mm-hmm. I pick being a Christian. I don't know. I probably say I'm a... Maybe there's three of us, because I'm kind of like a science of mind Christian. I mean, the science of mind acknowledge Jesus' existence and all that and see him as a master, but they don't see him necessarily as the only pathway, which might be a little booze, too. At the same time, I can totally get into Jesus Christ. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like so easy for me because I see everything symbolically as well. You know, which are all the things that um, that Christ has done. And I love the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I know, right? I love the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. I remember my little knees on the wooden floor saying, you know, our Father who art in heaven. I loved it when I found out that nobody knew what the Lord's Prayer was really saying. You know, he's, he spoke in Aramaic, right? Right. So, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay? Mm-hmm. You, you get down on your knees and you start to pray that, right? And when I say the word pray to you, what do you think? My conversation to him, you know, my conversation with him, yeah. Maybe asking for something, right? Generally. Maybe to be a better person or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay. Which I think is a good idea, by the way. I'm bringing this up because the translation of the word prayer indicates that you would be on your knees asking God or dialoguing with God, asking him or the Son of Christ, you know, or Christ the Son of God, to actually help you get something, right? Mm-hmm. Peace of mind, whatever. Well, do you know what the word pray actually means? This is no, very science me. of mind, by the way. I'm, I'm giving you a clue here, okay? okay? It's science of mind, but it happens to be Aramaic. It happens to be how the Lord's Prayer actually translates. If you translate it from Aramaic, which just opened my eyes, and that's why I love, you know, I love talking to Christ so much. Mm-hmm. It means to go out and get that which is yours. Mm. It doesn't mean ask for it and if you're good, it'll come. It means go out and get that which is yours. It's a direct translation from the Aramaic. And if you look up Roko Rico, you can have actually find the translation of the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic and you will be, actually I think you might be surprised in a good way. Yeah, I'm going to do that today. Hang out. Yeah, if you can find that, you're going to love it. Uh, and I said, as I said, Rocco Rico wrote the book, and I think he may even find it at Amazon. I don't know. I haven't looked it up yet. But it's about the Lord's Prayer, because see, well, especially what was it, sixteen eleven, when the King James version came out? Mm-hmm. Do you recall? There, yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Do you, do you know how they created that? The the King James. Yeah. Well, it came from the. Uh, well, 
You can tell me, but what I tell know me is what you, from Tell Geneva. me your understanding, and I'll tell you. I read the National Geographic article November 11th, um, uh, November of 2011, and I was blown away what, how okay. that, what that Bible was about. Well, what I, what I, you know, have come to learn is that the Geneva Bible was the one in place prior to King James. And, of right. course, there was other, other things before that, and then King James didn't want the commoners to know everything that was in there. So he had a crack team sit down, and they took out over 600 pages. They took all the side notes out uh, so that the low-life, low, lower people, the common people, the ones that weren't, you know, at God level, uh, weren't allowed to know I, what was in there. I can tell you haven't read the National Geographic. I yeah, no, I have I not. Actually have read. <laughs> so you have an assignment, okay? Okay. Your assignment is to read... The November 2011 National Geographic, and you are going to be really intrigued. You're going to love this. Okay. But, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm going to just tell you what I read in that article, and you guys can do it, what you want, but I'm recommending that you actually go pull this out because it's one of the coolest things I ever saw in National Geographic. It actually goes back to the original origins of the Bible. Mm-hmm. What he did was, um, according to National Geographic, Randy, he brought in like 50 scholars from all over the world. And those 50 scholars, each one of them translated the Bible. That's probably the crack team you're thinking of, okay? The crap, crap I said the crap team. The crack <laughs> I, team. Knew, I threw that <laughs> word in. You that, didn't you? <laughs> 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 um, I can feel you're strongly here. Uh, the the. The crack team that he brought in was 50 scholars from all the different countries of the world, just a whole bunch of them. And what they did was each one of them uh, translated the Bible, and then each one of them got together in a group with with the other 49, and they literally decided what the Bible would be. And people were deciding what the Bible would be a long time before that, Randy, because, you know, there was 12 disciples that only Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John showed up in the Bible. Okay? Right. So if if you want to find out something else interesting, guys, it's been many years since I did this, so I don't want to get into quoting any of this, but it's making me want to go find my book again. Mm-hmm. Uh, read the Gnostic Gospels, because the Gnostic Gospels are the ones that didn't get in. Okay? All the disciples wrote... And so you have Gospels from all of them, but the church from that period of time selected four that was doing their bidding. And this kind of stuff used to just irritate the heck out of me until I read a book called The Last Templar. Do you know that book? Have have you heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's George Curry. And personally, you know, it it was a story about the Templars, and what people don't know is that those knights actually spent like 200 years in the Holy Land. You hear about the guys coming home from the Crusades, Crusades, and you think maybe they went off for like a month or so? No, they went off for 200 years. And they were actually the people that managed the wealth in the world. And then different groups, some of them being the church, decided that that they had way too much power. So what was interesting about it was the Templars really appear to have been the good guys. Mm-hmm. And they appear to have been very generous, okay? And then the greedy, you know how the greedy, you've heard of the greedy before, right, Randy? No. 
Oh, you mean just in general? Yes. Just the greeting. (laughs) I mean, here, what are the things you can count on if you're on planet Earth and you're uh, at all aware of what's going on historically or in the present? There is a group called the Greedy Ones. Mm -hmm. And the Greedy Ones didn't like the Templars having all the power. So what they did was say the term Black Friday, Friday the 13th, I don't know Mm -hmm. what month it was, Friday the 13th actually alludes to the capturing and the torture of the Templars. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's, and, and what they did was they, they didn't want them to have time to react, so they went and they picked them all up in different countries and everything on the same day. And that was wow. Friday the 13th, okay? Okay. And why they tortured them was because they were... They probably held, you know, I don't know what percentage, you know, but I'm going to say a huge percentage of wealth on the earth, and they administered it well, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. So the greedy wanted to know where all this wealth was stashed, and they never found out. So the wealth of the Templars is supposed to still be stashed. Some I have suspected, heard that. Yeah, well, that's what that's all about. So power plays, buggers, Political buggers and greedy people have been going for as long as people have been speaking and writing, as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah. So we have a history of which we can actually make a difference. Randy, tell them what you did this morning. Uh, this morning I went for a 45-minute walk just because I knew I was going to be on radio and I didn't have time to do what I really wanted to do, which was what I did yesterday. Uh, which was a road to the beach and back. Now I take the long route to get there because it's actually as the crow flies only half a mile. But um, I I take this bike route and I go down to a certain part of the beach, and it's round trip 23 miles. So, wow. Yeah. I notice you chose 23 miles over a half mile. <laughs> yes, it was a choice. That was a choice. And what what by making that choice, what did you give yourself? Uh, what do I get out of that? Boy, I get a lot of peace and um, health. Just and in really good-looking legs, too, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the plan. My... Is to have knockout legs at, at age 45. <laughs> now, you're cute. You're 45. I'm 72. I'm horrified at the idea of getting and riding my bicycle for 23 minutes. I've been sick for almost a month. And I just pride myself in getting up and down the stairs right now. But I will tell you something. I was a bicycle rider for like 10 years. That mm-hmm. was my sole means of transportation. And we're talking balloon tires, okay? Okay. No regrets on that one, boy. I got legs to this day that people say, how do you get those legs? And I say, you get on a bicycle. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I when going. I do it, I don't go slow. I mean, I'm about, you know, powerhousing it out. And then I get, I get slow when I get to the beach. I'll take my time and just look. And uh, yesterday it was so cute because there was this, I mean, half an inch little baby crab. And I must have looked like a giant to him. And I went over oh, to him. And I, just, I, I love all the sea life. And, and he tried to hide under this little tiny pebble <laughs> to get away from me. I picked him up, oh. took a few pictures. I'll have to send one over to you. Oh, I love it. No regrets here. Do you get this? Every regret that we let go of creates the possibility of um, something really unique in the future with our own special characteristics and our own special traits. So look what... And Randy created this, this opportunity for herself out of a... She likes to be healthy. 
Yeah, I love it. I really you know? do love it. It's just so, I look at I look at people that are equal in age that have not made the choice to do this or the effort, and and it does take effort. I mean, there's some days where I look at it and go, oh, I don't want to do this. And if I don't do it for a week, I feel like, oh, my God, I'm letting it all go. But I look at people that are of equal age, people that I went to school with, and I see that we're the exact same age, but yet they look like they've been aged another 20 years, and they've let their bodies go to that, too. And, look, I've battled weight here and there all throughout my life. I've had four kids, so, you know, you know it went up and down. And um, which that actually takes me back to one of my regrets uh, back in high school days. Uh, well, I have two back in those days. One is not taking my education as serious as I should have. And, and what would it have looked like if you, quotes taken it as seriously as you should have? What would have happened? I think today, now I wasn't, I wasn't smart enough to know it then, but today with where I'm at and where our nation is, I would have loved to have been the best civil rights, civil litigation lawyer in the country. Huh. I could see I you doing that. I would have been Fourth Amendment suing everybody. <laughs> so, um, and getting the law back in the place where it belongs, law enforcement and or, officials. Or scraping the crap off the laws that have laid, been laid over the actual laws. Yeah, I believe because I would, but I wasn't, I wasn't mature enough then. I wasn't structured. I didn't, I didn't know which direction I wanted to go because I was such a free spirit. And, and I am still today, but now I'm a free spirit who's, who's got missions and who has attitudes and opinions. So, so is this the time to mention your website, honey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be great for and, and I'll tell you it's been an amazing week with the website. forty uh, two action dot org. It's the number four, the number two, and then action. And the reason you know, the reason that it is forty two action is because that is an actual lawsuit. That is a remedy lawsuit for people. It's called a Title Forty Two Action Lawsuit. And it's when people in official capacities, whether it's uh you know, a judge, a lawyer, a cop. It can even be a realtor. Uh, believe me, I've heard realtor stories where they've uh, scammed their clients, but they took an oath. Everybody takes an oath generally in their in their workplace. They can be sued as well when they scam people or rip them off. And 42 Action is a particular lawsuit when they violate your Bill of Rights. Each penalty, each Bill of Rights is worth a penalty of $250,000. So... You know, for example, I heard a, a lawsuit yesterday. I'm so excited. I, like, literally was giddy when I heard about this lawsuit yesterday. <laughs> I can see you I, getting giddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this, uh, it's a high school kid who got unlawfully, who he was unlawfully picked up with his buddies, and they got thrown into a police van where the police forgot about them, well, so they say, and they were in the van for 14 hours locked what? up. No food. Yes. No food, no water. They had no cell phones. They were taken away from them. And one of the high school kids is suing. And it's it's going to be a uh, Fourth Amendment case. That'll be the biggest part of it. Um, but there's others. And he will win. There's, there's just no way he won't win. That kid in high school, and this happens to high schoolers, uh, Bill of Rights being violated left, right, and center, 
that kid will graduate a millionaire when he wins that suit. You know, it's really interesting you're talking about this because they had a thing like, do you know the good wife? Yes. Okay, so the her son, I, can't, I was just trying to think of her son. I, I really like him. Um, she and her son are traveling along a highway, and they are pulled over, and he's just bought a car, okay? And he's mm-hmm. like 16, 17 or something like that. And he's just bought a car, and this this highway patrol person pulls him over with a drug dog with him and all this, and the kid wasn't even speeding. I can't remember what reason the policeman pulled him over for. Mm-hmm. And he just sat there and recorded the whole thing on his cell phone. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, it turns mm-hmm. out that in the state they live in, which I think is New York, you can't just do that with, um, you can't just video something unless it's, uh, I can't remember what the rules were, but the reason that it worked was because he'd been playing music on his cell phone. So you have this musical accompaniment to the policeman <laughs> searching his car, and uh-huh. the thing goes viral, okay? And the, the policeman is just furious, and he's trying everything he can because he's been humiliated, you know, like in front of 400,000 people. But it, I was so impressed with this story, and I was so mm-hmm. impressed with it, they took it up, and the kid told him, the policeman, that he wouldn't drop the charges until he apologized. Mm. <laughs> and it turned out that, you know, his mother is so smart and all that, you know, <laughs> right? She yeah. found out that that particular road was actually, uh, well, I, I don't know what the right word is for it, Randy, but mm-hmm. it's how the it's how particular counties raise funds. Okay. Like what they do is they actually have a way of exciting the dog so you get a false positive on marijuana. Yep, that does happen. And then they have to go to court or pay a fine or something like that. And they can mm-hmm. claim that it's like marijuana shake. Right. And what they do is it's a way that when they're doing it, they when they walk the dogs, that they get the dogs all jazzed up. So it looks mm-hmm. to the onlooker like they did find marijuana. This kid doesn't even know what's going on, but he's fortunately photographing the whole thing. And Alicia, his mom, who works for a law firm, she actually discovers that this is the county fundraiser. They only do it on one side of the highway. Mm. They don't. They. She found no nothing on the other side of the highway. And then when they talk to the district attorneys and stuff, they say, "Oh yeah, that's the fundraiser for whatever county this is." So there's all kinds of things at play here, and um. I think I mentioned last week the good policeman story. So this is just a story on television, and there are some policemen out there that shouldn't be policemen, but there are some policemen yeah. out there that I am really grateful that they are policemen. So I'm throwing that in here, too. This was not an anti-police statement here. This was a really resourcefulness and cleverness of kids today statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm impressed that this, this young man, not only will he be a millionaire, I'm impressed that this guy was willing to stand up against all of this. Yeah, exactly. I was telling the story to a friend of mine, and they said, hey, any cop wants to lock me up for 14 hours and I come out of it a millionaire, I am there. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, we're not encouraging that. but No, we're not. What we're saying is don't have regrets. And yeah. he didn't get violent or kick a policeman in the knee or anything like that. He said, look, I have my... He fortunately knows what his rights are, and that's that's kind of what... We're not just about knowing what your rights are here, but Tad Patterson... Actually, I made myself a New Year's promise that I was going to hook you and Tad Patterson up. Tad Patterson is the guy that... Um, he likes the law, too, and I'm... Um, 
his if you go to our webpage, you will find a link to Tad Patterson's website. And when our my wonderful partner here sends in the information for hers and the links and stuff, we'll be putting that there too. And what's here's what's interesting about Tad and about Randy is things are always changing and things are being discovered all the time. Things there. There's a lot of stuff already on the books if you knew what it was and where to find it. And some of it dates back to the 30s and 40s. It doesn't matter. It's still law that works in your behalf. Some of it dates back even earlier than that. So when you know certain things, I've mentioned this one time and time again because it's so easy. When you go to court for any reason, you say, um, I would appreciate it, Your Honor, if we could um, operate through Haynes versus Kerner here, which is actually an instruction to the judge to tell him to help you. Mm-hmm. Because if anybody's been to the courthouse or anything like that, they're so afraid of litigiousness at this point, which means somebody's suing them for something, they won't tell you anything. They'll barely tell you where the bathroom is because they're afraid yeah. of making some kind of mistake or something. What was that article? What are those courts? The article court, Article Three courts. Article Three, Section Two court. Yeah. A- Here's something else that you should know. You want to you want to be in an Article Two, Section Three court. They work better for you. <laughs> why don't you tell them why, Randy? Um. Well. Or do you, you know, know? That's, that's where you would file. I mean, that's the kind of court you want versus a state court. Uh, that would be in, you want a federal court where they actually will follow the Constitution. The state courts don't. Don't have and to. They actually they don't, don't have, have to. to. It's, it's insane and crazy because they all take an oath to uphold the Constitution. But the but Article Three courts reason, will do it. Yeah. Article Three will do it uh, sometimes reluctantly, and you still could get a bad judge in there, and if that happens, you, it goes to the Supreme Court. But more yeah, but often than not, the deal is you really can do Haynes versus Kerner, and even the bad judge might wake up because they'd be surprised you know it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. There's always, I found this out, I didn't know this was true. I was talking to um, my friend Cash, and I said, well, how do you find this course? I said, is it marked on the door? Because you can't find out by asking. Remember this whole thing where they won't tell you anything? If you right. say, okay, which courtroom in this building is an Article Three court? Mm-hmm. He said that he goes, I was trying to remember what it is. He goes to the different courtrooms and he sees there's something posted. Oh, I guess the doors aren't posted or something like that. You know yeah. how they put no. the list of defendants and stuff outside on the door? Mm-hmm. I don't believe they do that in Article Three courts. I don't think so. It's pretty private. Oh. Nobody, they don't want anybody walking into those. Right, and but just, you can walk you know. in, and this is if you know these things, and then you can say to an Article Three judge, uh, "I like your assistance, Your Honor, uh, through Haynes versus Kerner, or however." Always be polite. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do you good not to be, and you can be you can be really powerful while you're being polite. You know. That's right. You just so. stay quiet. Believe me, the opposing. Uh, counsel going against you will huff and puff and uh, try to tear the house down. But you just stay calm, and that like just absolutely infuriates them, which makes it way more fun. You know, it's uh, you know you I don't do. you you don't need to do drugs or drink. Just go into a courtroom and watch. That's the greatest high ever when you watch a pro se litigant go in there and fight for their right. It's amazing. Actually, so. it, it, it's it's. No regret, okay? No regret. Mm-hmm. This kind of stuff moves you into a future of possibility. I remember um, some court issues that I had, and I'm not going to go into detail on them, 
but I showed up and I knew what was going on and I got help, okay? And I've got mm-hmm. a lot of friends that know the law. Tad Patterson, as I mentioned earlier, his website, I believe, is You Have the Right. But check out our webpage at wakingupinamerica.com. And I just want to mention that one of the things that keeps me up and going and why I can never totally fail is that I really do. Right now I'm drinking Sir Jason Winter's Chaparral tea. It turns out that that's what Sir Jason cured himself from the big sea with. Uh, I just drink it because I like it, and I drink about four or five cups a day because i am actually developed an allergy to coffee. Can you stand it? I love coffee. I and know. I, was, I do, too. But. <laughs> I was drinking um, Sir Jason Winter tea, especially on Wednesdays and Saturdays when I do the radio, so I could go, yo-ho-ho, Jason Winter tea. Well, now I'm just drinking Jason Winter tea because I really like it, and um, coffee makes me break out. I get little bumps. So that was a heavy message, and it put me in the right direction. And there's probably a lot of heavy messages that we get that put us in the right direction, but we say we're too old or too tired or we don't have enough money or we don't have enough friends. Those are the things we'll end up regretting. Mm-hmm. I'll say another thing that I regretted doing. Oh, gosh. I was so taken advantage. I, I, I used to like to think I was a really good therapist. And I was most of the time. I'm, I was licensed as a marriage, family, child counselor, and I was extremely innovative, and I used a lot of different um, tools to work with people depending upon their personalities. Uh, and, and this is to you, young man, because you're probably middle-aged by now. But um, I really liked you, and you were in my office, and we were doing some really great work together, and then your mom made an appointment and came in and said that she wanted to do something to improve the family or something like that. And I ended up talking with her, and she asked me if I would sign a statement saying that she had been there, and I said, of course. Well, it turned out that your mother was actually using me to do something against your father, and I didn't get it at the time. I was just wasn't on to your mom's game and then you called me up and you left a message for me swearing at me about how I had betrayed you and as I thought about it whether I intended to or not I had betrayed you wasn't my intention I thought I was actually doing something good but I never answered your telephone call I didn't have the courage to face your anger and that's one of the things I regretted the most in, in my life was not returning your telephone call. Mm-hmm. So I want you to know that because your mom was slick. I'm telling you, I didn't see what she was doing coming. I didn't even get it until you called me. And I apologize because I like to have known how to handle that better. And I apologize mostly for just not returning your call. And I hope you hear this or somewhere in the universe something good happens for you because you were a great guy and I really appreciated working with you and I hope your life has turned out well. Your that was turn. great. <laughs> that one's I now gone. That's what, I can't fix that, see? Right. I, I don't know, remember his name anymore, okay? Mm-hmm. I may be under hypnosis, but even then, I mean, it's not one I can fix. Maggie Eastwood I can call. Right. Okay. And, if her, and I doubt her numbers change. She's lived in the same place for 30 years. So that one I can evolve it, okay? This one I can just say to all the people that I didn't understand or that I didn't return your call or whatever, I'm working on doing better. I'm way better, by the way. What that did for me, 
Randy was it made me want to um, to answer people. Right. I'm one of those people that doesn't like a fight, <laughs> as you've noticed. Yeah. At the same time, at a certain point, I'll just stand up and say, look, I've had enough of this. We need to talk. <laughs> I have a slow fuse, but when the fuse actually happens, notice I finally handled this 30 years later. We can all move on when we do what it takes. And what Randy is offering at 42action.org and Tad Patterson, oh, that was the promise I wanted to put the two of you together. He has some really good teachers, people that have used different processes successfully. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does, like, monthly support groups and stuff like that. And I have a feeling that the two of you might really be able to refer to each other and stuff like that. So Yeah, I look forward uh, to meeting gonna, him. I want to set that up, um, and I will do that. I'm not promising at this moment it will happen in January, but if it hasn't happened by the end of January, remind me, because this is a good one. <laughs> Our website has good stuff on it. Um what gives me uh, energy and all that good stuff is protandin. Uh, protandin is a natural product that they say takes your blood back to the age of 20. I can't verify that because I don't have my blood count for 20. What I can verify is that I started remembering things that I didn't know I'd forgotten because if you forgot something, you don't know you forgot it. Right. And it was like almost getting my past back again. What started happening, too, was that I noticed that my endurance grew so that I could stay up without even thinking about it. It wasn't like I was trying to stay up. But instead Mm -hmm. of going to bed at, say, 7.30, I might go to bed at 10 and be rested. You know, all those different things. And when you go to, if you click at the website and you go over there, make sure you sign up for the auto ship because you can cancel at any time if you don't like the product, but I'm really recommending this product highly. CW and I, uh, when we get into times of stress, right now I'm taking double dose, even um, though the good doctor who is on our show sometimes says you don't need to. CW and I have benefited from it. So um, sometimes I use two bottles at a month, which costs me 100 bucks. But, you know, average yeah. uh, average that I use, Randy, I spend about 50 bucks a month on this stuff, and I get at least two hours a day extra what I was getting before, and um, I've taken on sports and projects that I hadn't done in like 10 or 15 years. I went back to racquetball. Nice. That's so fun. You know, stuff like that, and I, I, you know, I thought my racquetball days were over. Well, after this last bout with the flu, which, by the way, I understand is steadily moving through the Southland, the, the southern states. And the Midwest. And yeah. the Midwest. I think it's a put-up deal, personally. But that probably won't wouldn't make a difference here. I uh, I'm trying to stay positive for 2013 because I can I have a long list of things I can complain about. Mm-hmm. But complaining about things without action that just puts me into more regret. So I'm right. not willing to complain about something at this point unless I'm willing to act on it. That so sounds I'm, smart. That's a, that's a, you know, 2013, if you throw on the news, it sounds pretty grim right now. Um, but, Trumped you know, up. what I'm telling everybody around me and how I'm, I've made a conscious decision to do is keep that off. I don't want to hear any of the lies on the mainstream and get out and get as much sun as I can every day, you know, at least get that half hour and uh, eat right 
and study the law. So everything that I'm doing is self-taught or I've got some really great mentors out there. And learn how to, to take our life back, pull out of the bank systems, uh, grow your own organic garden, raise your own chickens and eat the eggs. We even, you know, some people might think this is gross, but, you know, one of the reasons that people get Alzheimer's is because they, or they get high cholesterol, I'm sorry, I said the wrong one, uh, is because the doctors tell them, oh, cut the eggs out of your diet. Well, no, you need the whole egg. You need the whole egg, not just the white. I know it's popular to just go to a restaurant and get whites or whatever, but it's the whole egg, and that gives your brain the cholesterol that it actually needs. And... Um, so we have some chickens, and they literally eat off the land. Every once in a while, we'll throw them some wild bird seeds. But then we take their eggs, and we put them raw into shakes and smoothies. And people might be really grossed out about it, but, you know, you don't even notice it. And you're getting exactly what you need in the raw form. This is really so, interesting. I think we should do one of these at least every week. Because, yeah. I, you know, you, did, you gave the toothpaste thing last week, okay? And mm-hmm. I was looking up liver cleanses and stuff like that, and I'm not sure. Xylitol, have you heard of that? Yes, I have. Okay, do you know that that's a good thing to add to your toothpaste that you're mixing? No, I didn't know that. Okay, well, I actually ended up, I, sometimes I just wake up in the middle of the night and I have an iPad and I'll just start, I'll just start messing around on the Internet because it's so nice and quiet then, you know? Mm-hmm. And I found a uh, I found a site in England, and I honestly I wish I'd written it down. It's a, a English woman, and she's talking about xylitol. And what she's talking about is it's a, it's actually a sugar substitute. Did you know that? I that's what I did know about it. That's the only okay, thing well, that I really okay. Well, here's what you don't know about it, dear. It actually okay. heals teeth. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it actually. Wow. Uh, use the um, that toothpaste you mix up for yourself. It probably cost you twenty cents with your baking soda and um, hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. Uh, your hydrogen peroxide, okay. Mm-hmm. So the the recipe, I don't think it has hydrogen peroxide in it, but the recipe that she uses has the baking soda. It mm-hmm. has the xylitol, and it has um, um like a one of the minty um, essential oils. Right, and, and the teeth are healing. Like cavities, the porousness of the teeth are going away, and the cavities and stuff. So, I got to find I can believe your... that. So, I I wanted to tell you that. I'm so I'm really glad that you mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, people just need to pull back and say, "Hey, no soda," because that that kills your teeth and that kills your body. I think uh, when the kids were younger, one of the times we went to the doctor's office, they had a picture. And it showed a can of maybe Mountain Dew. I think it was the Mountain Dew. And it showed how much sugar was in that one can. And they said uh, that was enough to throw your body off. Same, same thing for like a Krispy Kreme donut. It would throw your sugar levels off for no less than three days. Get out. And that's if, yeah, and that's if you did everything right. To pull wow. your body back to an alkaline state from the acidic level you just threw it into. And that's what makes you sick. That's what makes everyone sick. And you think, oh, well, I had a can of soda, I didn't get sick. But, you know, you do that over and over and over. You absolutely torture your body. You, you fast forward aging. So if you pull those, those sugars out, you know, if you want sugar, eat some honey. Eat a, eat, go buy a sugar cane. We just bought, we were at a fresh produce thing 
uh, last weekend had gone down to Everglades National Park and came out of it and went to this fresh produce. And my son, you know, we all know what a walking stick looks like. Well, he picked up a sugar cane stick. <laughs> and he said, can I have this? And it was like $3.50, and it was really a dumb purchase. But I said, yeah, go ahead. And so For him, all I'm week sure long, it was not a dumb purchase. Exactly. I know. So all week long, though, we've been taking a little machete knife to it, and everybody's been chewing on a little sugar cane all week. You know, it's So just, why was it a dumb purchase then? It turned out to not be. <laughs> but I was thinking so at no the time. regrets. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. For no regrets, Randy Shannon created a possibility for $3.50 and everybody's having fun and they're healthier. I'm going to give you an award for that one, okay? I'm telling you. So, you know, hey, the simple things in life, and it's turned out to be a week long of uh, fun for everyone. So, and, uh, you know, I wanted to say, since you brought up the tooth thing again, I did invest in something that was called tooth soap, and it was something you bought offline. I just bought it just to see what it was like. And it, um, its ingredients, which anybody can get at a store, some of these, um, coconut oil, which I take by, like, almost uh, two heaping tablespoons What does it do for you, day. coconut oil? Yeah, coconut oil is known to be the cure for Alzheimer's. I don't know really? if you knew that. Yeah. I didn't know that. If you, if you go on uh, YouTube, there, you'll find a woman who is a doctor whose husband got Alzheimer's and they give these Alzheimer's patients something called a clock test. And they just literally have to draw a clock. And her husband mm-hmm. couldn't draw something. I mean, it looked like something a year and a half well, 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 We're being told how many minutes do we have? 50 seconds. Well, oh, we have 50 well, seconds. Co- coconut oil is secure. Look it up on YouTube for Alzheimer's. <laughs> See how good she's getting? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she knows now. Hey, what can I tell you? This program has been brought to you by Kirkguard Media, our radio partners, com, Dr. James Murphy in memoriam, Dennis Weaver, Larry Hagman in memoriam, com, and Dr. is all spelled out. We thank our producer and sponsor, C.W. Wright of Emergency Management Solutions, Sir Jason Winter T, Protanin, Stardust, El Pinto, Salsa, Put in That Spice, Tad Patterson, a big thanks to our team at Voice America. Thanks to Ron Hayes for being a great research assistant. And, um, hey, what can I tell you? Next week, invite a friend to listen. Okay. Write us at val at wakingupinamerica.com. Remember, city is healthy as 40 is. Do a mitzvah today. Give somebody a boost. Thanks for listening. Remember to sing, dance, and sing until next week. Thank and you for joining us. Happy New Year. And you're not crazy anymore. You've Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. This is for all you knew, pouring through, now your heart is open.